back in my first marriage, we'd go to my husband's, well, now my ex-husband, but to his family's house, to his parents' house for Thanksgiving. And we would do that every single year. And then the rest of his family would come. It was a big deal. There'd be tons and tons of food. And in his family culture, everyone did everything together. That was just the way it was. Remember when I first met him, he was like, that's what we do in my family. Nobody does anything by themselves. We all go everywhere together. We do things together. And we would go there on Thanksgiving and everybody would do everything together. The thing was, they didn't really do very much. They would eat and then hang out and then cook more food. They're really into food. And it would make me stir crazy. Of course, in the years that I was going there, I also had lots of little children and we're all sort of stuffed in the house together. We'd do some things outside, but it was never really enough for me. And so I started to take an hour for my yoga practice while I was there, even though it went against the whole family culture, because I'd be up there in the room by myself doing my practice. And then one year, I decided to actually leave and go to a yoga class. That's when I found the amazing Kelly Cam, when she had a yoga studio in New York. And what happened was that I... It had such an amazing homecoming, you know, leaving there and going to that practice. It fed my soul in every possible way, but it was seen as aberrant what I was doing because it was not what everybody there did. And even though that doesn't make any sense, you know your family has a culture and all kinds of families do these idiosyncratic things. And there I was, this outlier. There I was, this incredible radical. But you know what? That house... It was just too small for me. Welcome to the only podcast that will bring you more alive while you smash the patriarchy. Join me, Sam Wilde, a.k.a. The Fertile Feminist, every week as we shift the paradigm, reclaim our native fertility, and create together the version of ourselves that brings forth our heart's desires and changes the world. Welcome back and welcome. If you're listening for the first time, I'm delighted that you've come to be with me. And I am the Fertile Feminist and we're talking here about things, all fertility, real fertility, holistic fertility, the fertility of being alive and all things feminist of smashing the patriarchy because those two things have to go together. My friends, there's no aliveness when we're inside an infertile culture, which is what the patriarchy is. So. Let's think about, as we come into this season of moving to the solstice, you know, here in this uh, part of the world where I am in New England, darker days and darker days, and we go dropping inward and inward and inward, and it's got me thinking <sighs> about some of those darker moments in life. Now, do you know the poet David White? If you don't, you should. <laughs> He's totally amazing. One of his poems I really love is called Sweet Darkness, and I have read this poem many, many, many times in yoga classes and in other spaces. It's a brilliant poem. And I want to read you just one part of it, which is the very last bit of it. And the last bit of it says, anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. Anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. Wow. Those words were in my head and in my life for so many years before I actually figured out what the heck do you do if 
you're around all those any things and any ones who aren't bringing you alive. How do you go from being around them to not being around them? And there are all these little memes and inspirational quotes on Instagram and Facebook and social media that like, if that person doesn't believe the best in you, just get rid of them, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's pretty hard to get rid of some people, isn't it? And particularly if those people are your family or if those are people you're married to. Yeah, if there's a colleague who is making you feel small at work and you can ignore them, that's great. Or there's a neighbor you don't have to interact with or there's your great Aunt Margaret and you only have to send her a card, that's easier. But what all those memes and little inspirational quotes don't tell you is how complicated it can be and the courage that it actually requires to be someone who puts their own life force ahead of all the social norms and all the other expectations. So of course I'm speaking as one who knows because it's no small thing to have a divorce. And when I had a divorce, my children were eight and six and four and two. And I said this before and I'll say it every single time, nobody has a divorce with that many children who are that age unless it's a life or death issue. And it can be life or death physically, or it can be life or death spiritually, psychically, emotionally. Most people who are having divorces at moments like that have no other choice. If they continue, they really will die. And that death may be the kind of death that's material, or it might be what David White is talking about here, which is the death of our aliveness, the death of our largeness. Anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. Well, we live in small worlds. Now I thought about that story I'm going to my ex-husband's house for Thanksgiving because we're about to have Thanksgiving tomorrow. And I remembered that feeling of being in a confined space when I was in that house. A lot of things I loved about being there, but just for me, I just don't spend four days inside a house and not doing anything. That's not my nature. It's not my personality. I also don't need to spend every waking minute with a group of people. I really do love to break away and do things by myself, even for a little bit of time or an hour. But what happened in there was smallness and there wasn't an encouragement of a sense of being an expanding person in whatever way you needed to be an expanding person. And I know it seems silly now to think that somehow it was a radical act to get into my car and drive 20 minutes to a yoga class. (gasps) But it felt truly like I was running away or escaping. It was it was like I was going to the other side of the world or something like that. That's how it was held inside of that family culture. And when I would come back, I felt delighted in the sense of my own integrity and my own autonomy. It was a very small step in the direction of moving into my full aliveness. Getting rid of the things that don't bring us alive requires first that we become conscious of them. And even that requires a kind of consciousness of willingness. I'm willing to become conscious and I'm willing to make shifts because you start down this and it's like getting onto a water slide. You cannot stop and crawl back up to the top and go, oh man, this is terrifying. No, you get on these rides where you say, I am willing to change and I am aware that my life is too small for me. And you are going down that water slide. It is a one way ticket. 
<laughs> and it, there's no coming back because as soon as you set those domino pieces into action, things will happen. Now, I would love it if there had been some kind of way for me to both be this autonomous, large person living in the space of my autonomy and integrity and somehow stay inside of a marriage that was very small, but there wasn't. And that's the case for lots of us. We find that we cannot have the alive life and continue doing the things that we're doing in the ways that we're doing with the people we're doing it with. To break the chains inside ourselves is an act of feminist strength and oftentimes the most powerful one that we ever make. We can be and are sometimes activists doing work outside of ourselves to promote the cause of human liberation, to bring about equality and to see a brighter future where there's not oppression and violence for our children while we continue to have oppression and violence on the inside of us. So it isn't always the case that the person who's the most enlightened and out there doing the best good for the most people is also internally thinking, I love myself, I, I have a roomy, spacious life, nothing closes off for me when I'm around the people I'm around. You know, it doesn't work that way. A lot of people, and I think this is so critical to our understanding of feminism, it's not the most awake person necessarily who's doing the most good for the most people. They do happen simultaneously, but not always. And you can find amazing people. Think of Mother Teresa, for example, doing really beautiful work who are struggling deeply. She, of course, had incredible depression, despite the fact that she was laboring in a very meaningful way. So let's throw out the crap trap of thinking that uh, just being doing good heals us. I don't like that. And people say it and I don't agree. We, we have to be doing the inner healing work and we have to be doing the outer healing work. And actually, we have to be doing both of them simultaneously. You know, when we do just the inner work, the me work, the little self work, we get into therapy, we only get so far because a lot of our healing needs to happen on the level of community and on the level of being and doing good for others and for the world itself. But if you only do one and not the other, we don't get the wholeness because we are people both within and without. It's just the truth of who we are. Okay, so let's say that you come to that place where you have willingness and the consciousness that things are too small for you. The house, the people, the life, the choices, the job, whatever the thing may be. And from there, the question is, okay, well, how, how do you shed those things? How do you get rid of those things? How do you choose different things? Thinking about the beautiful metaphor of fertility and aliveness, if you are working with a space that's infertile, a little garden, let's say, and the soil is crappy and things don't really grow and it's overgrown, first thing you do is you're gonna dig up the weeds, you're gonna take out the roots, you're gonna prune things back. And that imagery of pruning, you know, the way it works with gardening is you often prune beyond what you think would make sense in order to get the most productivity, particularly with fruit trees. And that is the process for us. Things are too small for you. Those people are making it too small for you. You are not feeling alive. 
And so you have to cut away and cut away and dig up and throw out and weed and get rid of. That does not feel good. And I think the simplicity with which spiritual teachers say, you know, surrender, or let go. Anyway, just might as well throw up because the thing is, I didn't experience my getting rid of that too small life as a walk in the park. And maybe some people do. But a lot of people find that they're just trudging through one step at a time. And to do the pruning and to uproot ourselves and sometimes others and our very life is by its nature disruptive. It's unsettling. It brings into question everything. So I'm in a marriage. I was in a marriage. Everything comes up about, you know, who you are, why you're here, who's going to love you, why you made choices, why you allowed things to keep happening, how it's going to affect other people, your family members, your children, your cat, your dog. It is cataclysmic. And it is also necessary. Anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. Fertility is an expansive and expanding concept. It is true abundance, growth, lushness. It is the beginning of an understanding of infinity. I will say to my children sometimes, oh, it's infinite or there's so many blades of grass. It's like, it's infinite. <laughs> they'll correct me and they'll say, oh, no, mom, there aren't infinite blades of grass because you can count them. And infinite doesn't mean anything you could count because it keeps on going. That alone would be something we could spend about 30 minutes every single day meditating on the concept of the infinite, really, really never ending. And it's that concept and broad understanding of fertility that will be our source when we walk through times where we're saying, okay, this person, this way of living is too small for me, and I'm going to uproot and prune and weed and go forward in a new direction. The source of infinite thought then becomes our friend because it, we will need it. We will require that kind of never-ending creativity and fertility. Usually what happens to people is that we come up with an idea. All right, I'm going to divorce him and have a better life and move into this house over here and take this job. We have a choice or two. Sometimes we have three or four, but that's going to be it. And whatever we imagine to be the outcome, I'll be happy or I'll be sad. That, that's it. We'll have like two, two things, which is ridiculous and the opposite of infinite. There are any number of possible outcomes, any number of wonderful variables that will come to us when we have the courage and the bravery to come more alive. I certainly could not have imagined the particular life that I'm in five years ago, and which is not to say that the life that I'm in is the, the most amazing version of reality that I could have come up with, but it is uniquely different and healing in ways that I couldn't have anticipated. The choices that were made along the way 
were, you know, two or three or four, but the thought that goes into opening to fertility is, I don't know the outcome. When you think about it, what patriarchy wants to do, because patriarchy, again, is infertility, is limit you, limit you, limit you, limit you, make you smaller, 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 in every way. Body smaller, mind smaller, heart smaller, fewer and fewer choices. That is literally what happens to women. They have fewer choices for work. They have fewer choices because of finances. They have fewer choices of safety, so on and so forth. And that is the patriarchy. Infertile, 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 smaller, smaller, less and less and less and less. To oppose that, to smash that, and to wake up even while that's happening, to be totally alive even while it's happening, because that's our only choice right now, we're not going to get rid of it in the blink of an eye, is to overcome the thought there are only two or three or four choices for you. There are infinite choices for you. That kind of creativity, baseline, fertility, is to look out into the open garden, imagine that, which is your life, and think, oh, I could plant six geraniums, I could plant 700 cucumbers. Think about every kind of variable. I could have a bush garden, I could have a vegetable garden, I could have a flower garden, I could have a stone garden. I can have a wood garden. There's a wonderful place nearby in Goshen, Massachusetts called Three Sisters Sanctuary. And if you haven't been there, I totally recommend you go up. It's it's gorgeous, statuary and sculptures. It is not what I would have come up with if I looked out into my backyard, but I wish I had. But even just to go there and to see into the mind of the artists who have, and one artist in particular, the man who created it, but other artists bring their art there. But to see one person's choice of, how to make a stone a stone circle or a shrub circle and design this beautiful garden there are thousands and thousands of different ways that that could have been done and each of us has the ability to draw that in so you're sitting in a place where you're thinking you know what that thing really doesn't bring me alive and that person really doesn't bring me alive so what are my choices well they aren't just a and b your choices are all the way from A to Z. Claiming that is a stance of feminism against the limitations of patriarchy. And the last thing I really want to say here about allowing yourself to come into aliveness and a bigger, fuller way of living is to take those small steps. How small was that step, really, to go up to the room my ex-husband's family's house and do an hour of yoga. I mean, at the moment, it seemed pretty big. And how big was that step really to go out to a yoga studio? We're not talking, you know, miraculous acts, are we? But from those small steps, eventually came an enlargening of my life and the release of the things, the people, and the ways of being that were genuinely too small for me. Moving forward like that, one little tiny step at a time, one little tiny act at a time, is essential. It is the way to grow. And I encourage you, you know, here preparing for Thanksgiving as we think about, oh my gosh, you know, the way I was raised uh, was all lies. You know, the lies about the first Thanksgiving, the plays that we watched and the books that we read and the little coloring books that we did about it. Ah! All of that was lies. And we're confronting a giant lie of the patriarchy when we think about what Thanksgiving truly was in America. But we don't 
swallow the snake whole. No, little bit by little bit, we begin to have a dawning understanding. And so too for you and me in our lives. Okay, I'm waking up and noticing these things aren't bringing me alive. And then I'm taking a step in the direction of my aliveness. Every single one of them, every single one of them allows us to feel a bigger and bigger energy. Come closer and closer to the true fertility which is native to us. And that abundant creativity from which we really get the sense, wow, infinite possibilities. Well, that's what's on my mind right now as I'm thinking about Thanksgiving. What's on your mind? What are you thinking about? I look forward to being with you again next week. And until then, I hope you have a beautiful day. This is me, Sam Wilde, a.k.a. The Fertile Feminist, and you've been listening to The Fertile Feminist Podcast. Find me on YouTube at The Samantha Wilde, a.k.a. The Fertile Feminist, and hit the website, thesamanthawilde.com, for all kinds of resources, inspirations, and ideas. Also on Instagram, at The Fertile Feminist. Until next week, may you tap into that native abundance, creativity, fruitfulness, and life force that's going to help us all bring about that more beautiful world that we know is possible.